And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100% And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. All right, here we go. Another time that we get to talk about MMA. It is the Weighing In Podcast with Josh, the real punk Thompson, sitting there to give all of that incredible knowledge coming, seeping out of that head. I don't know how it happens. Podcast Dave on the controls. We're going to talk about, we've got the one FC coming up. It is tonight. So be sure to tune in to watch 1FC where John Lineker takes on Troy Worthen. Should be an interesting fight. We also have the PFL that is now starting up. They're going to start off with a banging success with Anthony Pettis against Clay Collard. And then we've got the triple championship UFC. You have to pay for it. Yes, you do. But that's good because you're helping the fighters. We've got Kamaru Usman against George Masvidal. Rose. Thug, Nama Yunus against Wei Li Zhang. And the girl that I think is the best pound-for-pound female fighter out there, Shevchenko. She is going to be taking on a stud in Andrade, so that's going to be a fun fight too. All of them are good championship fights. Cannot wait for those. Joshua, what is going on, brother? What is going on is we want everybody that's listening to this show right now, make sure you guys hit the subscribe button down below. Make sure you guys hit the little bell off to the bottom right corner to share our video and also get the uh, notifications for when we post. So when this drops this this morning, you guys would have already have known. See, that's why we do it. We hit the thumbs up also to share our videos out to everyone. So guys like Ariel Hawani and DC understand that who the GOAT is. And still, baby, that is us weighing in. That's what we're trying to get into. All right, so we are the number one MMA combat sports podcast in the world. We want you guys all to remember that. So every time you refer to us, it's hashtag and still. Thank you very much. All right. Uh, well, let's talk, man. John Lineker. He's up Ooh. on TNT for one championships. Look, I mean, I like. I wish they were on every Wednesday night. I wish they were. I would love to see them I mean, because Wednesday, look, I, I'm not. I'm not really watching. There's. I'm not a big baseball fan, so oh. I don't watch that. And I and I really don't watch basketball, basketball. to the playoffs or to the finals. I don't really get into basketball either. Um, football is pretty much the only thing I watch. I mean, I'll watch some soccer here and there. Hockey. 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 Oh, yes. I'll watch hockey. Yeah. You watch hockey with me, dude. Yeah, I know. And I watch hockey with Nordy, too, you know. But it's like the hockey situation right now is like it just seems like 2020 kind of messed everything up. I have to get back into the routine of the real the real hockey stuff. So once I think I think once once uh, once I get out to Dallas – and uh, move out there. I'll be a lot more in tune with uh, hockey because, you know, Dallas Stars are out there. They're right down the road. And and then, you know, some of So, the- hold on. Are you going to be a Dallas Star fan? No, then? I will absolutely not be a Dallas Star fan. <laughs> when they're not playing. Well, I like. Look, yes. I go through phases. <laughs> okay. When it comes to hockey, I'm one of those guys that, like, I follow kind of where the players go and some of the guys that I've met. So, a lot of the guys that I've met, they they play for the Capitals now. So, I'm with the, I watch the Capitals. I'm a Capitals fan. You know, I got some friends that work for the team too, so that kind of made it an easier transition. And um, yeah, I'm I'm a Cavs fan now, so which is kind of nice. You know, they're, they're they're not bad. They're not bad. They're pretty good. They're not bad. You got you got Ovechkin. You're all right. Well, yeah. What I well, Tom Wilson to me, I love watching him because he likes to fight. So, <laughs> he's a brute, but a uh, good dude. The whole team came into AK one time, and uh, you know, 
got them to introduce. I got them to meet, you know, a bunch of the guys that were there and stuff. So I have some of my friends that handle the team management and stuff. So they're good guys, group of good guys. Um, all right, well, let's jump into this. So Lineker fighting uh, Troy Worthen. What do you think? Uh, uh, I'm just, I'm kind of surprised, man. They got a whole lot of experience with Lineker against not a whole lot of experience with Troy. But uh, Troy's good. He's got a good stand-up game. And Lineker's known for his power. I don't. One of the things with Lineker at one, he hasn't had any weight issues or any problems with that that he was having in the past. So he's you know two and zero in his little stint with one FC, and uh, he's been fighting well. And and I think Worthen's coming off a loss. His last fight was a loss, I believe. Got it. I'm not, I'm not sure if uh, I think it was a unanimous decision. I don't think he got stopped, but that was his first loss of his career. So. We'll Yusuf see how he Sadu deals Sadu with that, too. What's that? He lost to Yusup Sadulayev. Say that again. <laughs> Yusup Sadulayev. Very nice. I like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's actually Saad Dulayev. Sadulayev. 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 Yusup Sadulayev. Podcast, Dave, I got a lot of flack for giving you a hard time last week. There was people in the comment section that were really mad the way I treated you. Uh, I have to tell everyone that I apologize to Podcast Dave. I don't even care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even Got care. to the point where we banter back and forth so much, but man, I was, I was crying. <laughs> man, we were operating. You were off no sleep. I was, oh. I was four hours. I mean, it was, it was brutal, man. I, I honestly, I went back and listened to the show and I was like, God, there was no energy. We had no energy, John. We were very impossible. Yeah, it was just. It we was, tried. We was, tried. Well, clearly that's what people want to see because it. Got, <laughs> yeah, I did. It got, I think we're at one hundred fifty thousand views on that one, so it was not too bad. But I was just more upset at the fact that we had no energy. It could have been a. We could have. We could have performed a little bit better, John. We've got to suck it up next time and do better. That's what we got to do <laughs> for our fans. We have to understand. Get, better for them. I, I got to get some sleep before I start watching the other fights. Jeez, oh, man, it was brutal. Like, <laughs> got home and I was like getting ready to take a nap, and I was like. Damn, fights are on already. I, got, I just got home. Stay up, watch the fights, came straight here to film. Oh, um, So, okay, so look, I agree with you on the experience. Troy, he's tough, decent stand-up. You know, he's going to have – he's got some power. I just don't know Lineker being that ball of muscle. The other thing, too, with their weight cut situation, I think that's helping Lineker. The way what? they do their dehydration and uh, their dehydration tests and the way that they do their weight cuts, I think it's helping them a lot. Some of the guys, though, I think um, they're not – they haven't quite figured it like Eddie and, and Demetrius, I think have figured it out. But what it is though, is that they're, they're not realizing they're going to have to put a little bit of muscle on now to, to counteract that because the guys are normally used to walking around at that weight. That's what they're competing at. So I don't know if they're gonna have to lift a little more or whatever, but you can see a little bit of a strength difference. Um, with some of the fighters that have been in one for a while. So. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. Explain to me, please. But uh, but Lineker, man, he's tough. He's always been tough. Um, I have a question, though, because I don't recall. Did he ask for his release or did they release him? I don't I don't know if it was an ask or if it was just they got rid of him based upon the weight cuts and problems. I don't know. Might have been he remember. just... It might have been he just, you know, he, he, uh, he ran out his contract and then... Got a better offer with one, and so he he moved, oh. which is smart. You know why it explains why John John Lineker was released. So he was released. Interesting. Okay. But then again, if you listen to Dana, I was released. Phil Davis was released. Oh yeah, it's always that. We weren't actually released. We were, yeah. but yeah, I get it. Because um, he hasn't made weight. Uh it was because he hasn't made weight in oh a few times. See? Yeah. 
Well, I think that's why I think oh, the best place for them to go then would have been one because they have that structure over there, you know, yeah. with their weight cut. So, hey, guys, if you guys get a chance, listen, oh, make sure you guys tune in and watch them tonight. They're on TNT. I believe it starts at 10 o'clock, which is 7, right? 7, because uh, we're normally on the East Coast when we're watching. 7, seven Pacific and... Uh, 7 Pacific, 10, 10, 10, 10 o'clock Eastern. 10 o'clock Eastern time. So you guys go ahead and check that out. And, uh, yeah, we will wrap. We will talk about that when we come back. Uh, when, when on Wednesday. Yeah. Saturday. Saturday. God, my days are all messed up, John. All the traveling <laughs> really has gotten me. I'm telling you right See, now. See, for, you forget where you're at and what you're doing and where you're going to go. It's a horrible thing. I know. I know. Well, I, st- I, I officially uh, decided that I have this thing with Jen Brown. And we're doing this no drinking until i think we said fourth of july weekend i know john it's gonna be tough i have a hard time with it you are you know what <laughs> i am so disappointed in you as a human being i'm just a quitter <laughs> <laughs> i can't believe that you would you would just fall for I something know. that she comes up with on her own oh, and you're gonna yeah. go oh i'll do it too well, I got tired of walking past the mirror after I got out of the shower looking at my dad bod. I was like, what the fuck is this? You're not built like this. And I, you look, see, see, that's the problem. Yeah. It's your vanity. Yeah. Why are you even looking at a mirror? I never look at the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> I just get out and I look and I'm like, man. And I, that thought of my in my head goes through my mind like, you used to be an athlete. What the fuck happened to you? <laughs> like, it's so embarrassing. It comes an end to everything, baby. <laughs> uh, not that, buddy. I, there's a guy that I know. Um, They call him Nick the Tooth. He's down. Oh, I know Nick. Yeah, you know Nick. So right. he's down. He's 51 years old, fucking shredded right now. Like, and I'm like, he's just, I don't know what he's doing. Like, but you look at some of these pictures. You got to take, pull up one of his pictures here, Dave. He's ripped. Like, just ripped. I think he's 51. Did he say 51? There, is that him? Yeah, that's him. No, scroll down more. Scroll down more. Look at that. But right, there. right there. Look at that. That's 50. What is he saying here? He says something about how I'm 51. He's 52 years old. It's embarrassing. I, here I am, 10 years younger than him. I'm, it's embarrassing to me to think, and I used to be an athlete. Look at that guy. <laughs> Who's the, who used to be the old singer from Red Hot Chili Peppers? Anthony Cadiz. Uh, uh, Anthony Kiedis? Kiedis. Anthony Kiedis. Don't they kind of look alike? Yeah. I feel like they do, John. Come on, I need more energy out of you. Come on. A little bit. This is not. This is not Anthony Kiedis is a little bit guy. better looking than Nick the Tooth. Man. But they do alike. Don't they kind of look alike? Uh, a little bit. Kiedis. And the Kiedis looks better because he's but got... But they're both, they're both very artsy, just in their own way. Oh, Nick's not are. a singer. He's like a photographer, does all kinds of cool yeah, stuff. Yeah, he does some cool stuff, man. He does, he does a lot of really cool uh, art of jiu-jitsu down in uh, Costa Mesa. He does a lot yep. of Luca and a lot of the guys from there. So, But yeah, he's ripped, man. Look, you see how I, I, I put a little message next to him, like fist pump. Hey, I man. Could, I, I could put that. a picture up of me that looks like that. I'm not going to say that it's when I'm 52, though. John. <laughs> John. What? There's a picture of you in those white shorts. Yeah, you want that one, don't you? I have the tiger shorts, the the, the the Rocky Balboa shorts. I want you to post that just one time. <laughs> Come on, buddy. You got to do it for me. Got to do it, baby. Got to do it. One time, one time. Negative. Ain't going to happen. Why would you not do that? Let the fans <laughs> know the real John, the real big John. I want to see it. He's like huge, man. How much did you weigh in that picture? A three. You have to give it to Dave so we can post it on the <laughs> Come on, take one for the team. Let's go. Take one for the team. It's There's some picture. things when you look at them in the space of time that they <laughs> occurred, you go, all right. Then you look at them in today's space of time, you go, get rid of that bitch. Yeah. 
what I want you guys to think of, I want you guys to think of like Hooters for men's. Oh, yeah, dude, they were called <laughs> dolphin shorts, man. Yeah, they were used white. To run in those damn things. Oh, jeez. I don't know how you ran with those big ass legs you had. Oh, Did you have to put Vaseline between your legs? Yes. Yes, it's true. Guys that are that big have to put Vaseline between their legs and then their oh, arms, too, right? And their armpits. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, Horrible. you start chafing. You start chafing like you get rashes there. And that's how you get infections. And man, horrible, man. Strawberry out, man. Yeah. Brutal. Anyways, I don't know how we started talking about you and your dolphin shorts, but that's great. <laughs> Let's talk about PFL coming up. We got Anthony Pettis against Clay Collard. That is the main event. That's for, I believe, welterweight. I don't think it's lightweight. I think he's going welterweight, isn't he? Or is it is it lightweight that they're actually fighting at? Uh, lightweight. Going lightweight. 155. That okay, good. that's good. Mm-hmm. Clay Collard on the feet is very good. Yes, if that thing if that thing stays on the feet, that's that's a fight that Clay Collard can win. If it goes to the ground, Anthony Pettis is much better than Clay Collard on the ground. Yeah, Anthony's tough, man. He's got he's got a good guard, <clears throat> very active guard. A lot of the guys that come from Duke Rufus's uh, gym he doesn't get a lot of credit for his ground game. We got to remember he submitted Benson Henderson to win the. I know. That's, that's how he, that's how he won the title in the UFC. I mean, how do you not how do you not get credit for that? That's what I don't get. Anyways. But yeah, he's he's tough. He's good. Everything about him is, uh, you know, Pettis. I feel like he's, I think he's realizing who he is and what he is, what he's accomplished, and he's just content with being who he is. I think the time and I, I we'll get into the other the post about Corey Anderson and and those other guys later. The tweet earlier, but I'm saying like he, I think, is someone who he's content with the fact that he built his career in the UFC, and now it's time for him to move on and make a lot of money. And so I think that's that's exactly what he's doing. Look, move. there's a lot of guys that, you know, there's a lot of guys, males and females that their goal is to get to the UFC. And so sure. he's done that, been there, done that, won the title. And he's just happy now just fighting, wanting to go back to being what got him into the sport originally was being happy to fight. You know, I think a lot of a lot of that generation and below, which was me and some other guys below that, you know, you have me and then you've got like Frank Shamrock and all the other guys that were before that, whatever, whoever was Koscheck, they just love to fight. Swick, Fitch, we loved fighting, you know, and and great. The money came along with it, you know, for a while, you know, um, I think that's where he's at right now. He realizes like, look, you know, I've done everything I need to do in this organization. Maybe it's time to check for a uh, change of scenery and move on, which I think is great. I'm happy. I'm pumped for him. He, I think he's got to utilize his wrestling, his grappling a little bit more, though. Yes, I believe so. I think you know the whole thing is for any fighter. A lot of fighters look at that if they need to make it to the UFC, that's their validation that they are somebody in the sport. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Uh, and but once you've been there, and especially in the position that Anthony was, because look, Anthony was a champion, and then he's had you know uh, change in weight class, and then came back down. But he's really wasn't in a position where anyone was going to consider him for, you know, title status or anything like that as far as getting a championship fight. So I think his move to the PFL was a smart move. He's got a chance at a million-dollar uh, tournament. He's getting his pay on top of that. This is about, you know what, I'm at a point in my career where I'm 34 years of age and, uh, you know, I can still fight right now. I have a couple of good years left in me. Let me uh, let me get into some of those tournaments. Let me take some of that money home and let me uh, build a college fund for my kids. Yeah, I look at it the same way that I think how Roy McDonald looked at it. He's like, look, I've fought in Bellator. Like, you know, I, lo- I beat Douglas Lima, but then I lost to Douglas Lima. 
And then having that conversation with him, it was like, he needs to go where the most money was. Bellator was like, look, you just lost to our champion. You're having problems with the leg kick situation. You know, his calf is just jacked after that those fights. And he, he, I don't think he'll be the same when it comes to being, you know, with the leg kicks and the calf kicks. So him moving on, same with Roy moving on, or Roy moving on for, for big money fights. I have a chance to fight in this tournament. I have a chance to make a million dollars. Pettis, I think, is in the same boat. I mean, I think there's a little bit less wear and tear on his body than there was on Rory. But he is somebody that can still bring a lot of action, has has plenty of miles in the, uh, left in the tank. Oh, yeah. That's, that's where I look at him, you know, in terms of he's he still has another at least, I'd say, four years left easily if he wants. Well, there's two other interesting fights on that card. I, I think the Nathan Schulte versus uh, Marcin Held, that's actually a good fight. It'll Just be two? Interesting. Just two? Well, no, nah, at least four. Okay, also Lance Palmer against Bubba Jenkins. Yes. That's a good fight. And you're right. I, I don't know if you know who Brendan uh, Lohan is, but from England, he's good. He's a fun fighter. I, I did his fights in a ACB in Russia when he was signed with them. He is a tough son of a bitch, and he can fight. So his fight uh, against Moraz is going to be really good. I like to watch uh, Chris Wade fight as well. Yeah, you're, you're, I don't know anything about Anthony Dizzy or whatever, Dizzy. I don't know anything about him. So I'll have to do some more research on him. But just to be honest, again, yeah, I'm exactly where uh, where you're at with the, with the same fights. The Lance Palmer and Bubba Jenkins fight to me is very interesting. Very interesting. It is. A, it's a good fight because style-wise, you know, Bubba can create. You know, Lance is not the, the uh, dangerous guy as far as submissions. He, he can get them. And it's not that he's, he can't pull off submissions. It's just that's not his forte. His forte is taking you down, ground and pounding you, and, and TKOing you and just beating you up. Mm-hmm. He could do that to Bubba, but Bubba's wrestling's good too. So, you know, he can, uh, he's got speed too. It, sh- it should be an interesting matchup. I still think Lance Palmer takes that fight. Yeah. Lance is just, he can sprawl and brawl. Lance can sprawl and brawl. Lance can touch him with the hands. You know, Bubba makes a lot of mistakes. That's the only thing with him is he leaves himself open to be hit. Like, he can wrestle. He can do all those things that, that Lance... He can wrestle his ass off. Yes, he can. But yeah. he, the thing is, between the two of them, though, I would still give the wrestling advantage to Lance. Not by much. Yeah, it's pretty even. Yeah, it's close. It's very close. But I'm saying, but if you put the wrestling with the striking, I'm going to give it to Lance. I'm going to give it to Lance. But like you are saying, too, Marcin Held... A little tighter. Yeah, Marcin Held with the uh, former Bellator guy... Tough, tough submission guy. Really good with leg locks and knee bars and stuff like that. Uh, he's just scrappy all the way around, you know. And Schulte just got to just sprawl and brawl, stay away from the leg locks. <laughs> yeah, that's really what it comes down. Not out. easy to do with the hell because first round, Marcin Held is a freaking nightmare. Yeah. He does get tired though. He does slow down, and that's what you need to do is just keep on being defensive in that first round. Just keep on if he keeps on swinging into things. Just think about where you're at, where your position is. If you can tag him, tag him. But he is a handful in the first round. I have a question. Where is this being viewed on? This is not on Fight Pass anymore, correct? No, this is on ESPN, I believe. I thought I thought their contract was up. No, they went to ESPN 2. They, they got oh. a new contract. And I think their prelims are on ESPN Plus because ESPN needs content. Yes. And so, Okay, I just want to make sure so everyone can they know where to watch. So if they know where to watch, you're saying that it's on ESPN. Main, main card is ESPN too, and okay. the 
prelims. Oh, that, main card is ESPN two. Yeah, ESPN yeah. two and ESPN plus is the prelims, right? There it yep. is. Okay, so you're gonna see Pettis collared. You're gonna see Schulte held. Um, I can't, don't want to butcher the next two guys' names. I can't. <laughs> I'm right. His name is Lazar. Stojanovic. Oh God, it's just massacred that. Stojanovic. Yes, Stojanovic. 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 Okay, and then you've got Lance Palmer and Bubba Jenkins. That's on the main card. That'll be on ESPN two. That starts it off, which I don't blame. That's a good. That's a good fight to start it off with. Exactly. Look, you can't do Lance like that, man. He's won the tournament twice. Why not? You got to put him on. No, no, I'm saying you got to put him on the main card. Oh yeah. yeah. Him on the main card. I was like, oh man, you can't do him like that. Of course, you got to do card yeah. he's been their champion at that weight class now he's won the tournament two years in opening a row. up the season that's the way yeah, to do it he's a stud man he's a stud he's a great guy too um yeah that's a good card so make sure you guys tune into that and then espn plus will be the prelims they've got a couple good fights on the prelims as well so make sure you guys tune into that that is pfl uh that'll be on is that saturday night it's uh the 23rd which is friday oh it's friday, friday. friday. perfect 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 Atlantic City and uh, New Jersey. Damn, Atlantic City. That place is still around. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to go to it. You know what I mean? Like, it's... Wow. Ah, I went there a long, long time ago. For uh, went there, I went there to corner Gray Maynard against Clay Guida. Oh, that was... Got the, the Revel Hotel, I think, is what it was. Really nice hotel. And then we had to walk all the way down the boardwalk to the venue into, like, some... Crappy hotel. Boardwalk Hall, right? Yeah, we walked down the boardwalk, and then we went into this other hotel that was, just, or whatever it was. And no, I think it was at the boardwalk. It's called the Boardwalk Hall. It's an arena. It's kind of like yeah. Quonson Hut. It's just a half moon. And it was a shitty arena. <laughs> it <laughs> it's old, so dude. Bad. It's yeah. old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, hey, that's uh, that's PFL. Let's jump into the UFC, buddy. Let's do it. Oh, this All is right. a good card. So if you're going to look, go. I want you to go to the prelims first. Go to the prelims. Pick one fight you want to talk about. Just one. Dwight Grant. Oh, I like that one. He's, a a one. he's one, of my, one of my former teammates. Super nice guy. He's got, got some big power. He's the guy that leaves himself open all the time to get hit, but to deliver one back. Uh, his last fight, he ran out of gas. Tried to put away uh, the one that just fought. Uh, Gonzalez, was it Gonzalez? What's the guy's name? Oh, no, you're talking about uh, Daniels? Dan was it Rodriguez? Daniel Rodriguez. Yeah, Daniel Rodriguez. He had him knocked out in the first round, gassed himself out trying to finish him, and at the end he lost. He got he yeah. got, he got got clipped and knocked out at the end. Didn't he, he, have, a, didn't he have a win against um, Alan Jobain? Jobain, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, a, that's, a, that's a big win. His problem is, though, oh. until this fight, he, he doesn't fight like 2019-2020, but it's like it's – eight months nine months you got to stay active yeah. you know and it's he he's had moments where you just didn't see him anymore you're like okay where'd you going the guy's stay active and busy he's got a ton of talent he leaves himself wide open i have no idea how he wins fights sometime i'm like because i've cornered him a couple of times i'm like gosh what is going on you're he, killing he, me here dwight yeah, you're he killing me driving me crazy <laughs> scroll down a little bit he fought uh what's his name uh jordan williams Everyone likes Jordan. I cornered him for the Jordan Williams fight and Conquer fight. And Jordan Williams, tough kid, fought on the uh, Ultimate Fighter, the Ultimate Fighter, or the Contender. Contenders. Um, you know, tough kid, super tough kid, great person too. Um, yeah, we he fought Jordan. I cornered him for that fight, and I was like, "Gosh, man, like, how are you? How are you not getting knocked out? Because he takes some heavy shots, just leaving himself wide open, 
But he can deliver power, and his punches come from like really. He reminds me of a smaller version of Francis Ngannou, not as much power, obviously. But I'm saying like he has that like kind of loopy punches, and the punches come from different angles. Kind of seems like he leaves himself off balance sometimes, but when he connects, it's fucking over. Like it's over. And so when I watched him fight Daniel Rodriguez, I was like, oh, he's gonna finish him. He's gonna finish him. He tried. He flurry. This all happened within two and a half minutes, by the way. He had him like out on his feet, almost knocked him out. He was like. Daniel Rodriguez on stilts, like trying to stay up, trying to get up off the ground. And then a minute later, it was the other way around. <laughs> that's exactly how that fight happened. So to me, that's Dwight Grant. I always uh, always enjoy training with him. I, I like to remind people, when Rockhold won the title to beat um, Chris, Chris Weidman, Weidman. To, to beat Chris Weidman, his main training partners were me for grappling and him for sparring. That's all he trained with because it was in the middle of uh, the it was like in the middle of winter. No one was there. No to train. Was there. Everyone was on vacation. Christmas had came. Thanksgiving had came. It was just me and Rockhold and Dwight. It was like a couple other small guys. There was no one for us to train with. So when I was getting ready for um, Benson Henderson and Rockhold was getting ready for his title shot, that was the fight. That, that was, it was just us. It was like maybe six of us in the gym the whole time. That's it, man. Sucked. But, you know. I tip my hat, man. He, the way you do it, though. Yeah. You know, so he, he won his career, you know, title. Uh, he, not title, but uh, Luke won his title helping him, uh, Dwight helping him spar and train with him. Dwight was tired, exhausted, didn't have a fight coming up either, and was just there to help Luke. Great guy, man. Super good guy. Uh, what fight are you looking forward to? All right. You're, you were going because of Dwight. I understand. I'm going with Tristan Connolly. Okay. Uh, Tristan Connolly came into the UFC on a couple days' notice. Uh, he is a phenomenal grappler. I will tell you that straight out. And then they put him against Michael Pajaya. You know who Pajaya is, the guy that does all the backflips and everything? Yeah. Put him against Pajaya with a couple days' notice, and he got the win because <laughs> Pajaya got all tired from doing all that fancy shit. And Tristan Connolly walked away with unanimous decision victory, which he definitely earned. But he's up against a really tough dude in Pat Sabatini, who I've watched in the, uh, the past. Got a lot of power. He's good everywhere. Uh, I really look forward to watching Tristan come out and just do his thing because he doesn't look like he can fight. Man, he can fight like a junkyard dog, though. So, I really good luck to you, Tristan. Same to you, Pat. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a good matchup. Sounds like you already picked a side, though, Tristan. Yeah, you, know, you <laughs> got to go with the guys you know best sometimes. Oh, um, Jimmy Crute and Anthony Smith. Oh, I'm telling you right now, I think Jimmy Crute takes that fight, and I love Anthony. It's not. It's just that you know they're at different uh, different points in their their careers right now and what they're doing. And man, I'll tell you what, Jimmy Crute is good. He is solid. He's tight. He doesn't give a lot of uh, openings for you to score against him. Uh, Anthony is good everywhere now. His grappling is really good. His stand-up, he's got power. He does tend to get a little bit tired in the longer fights, but this one is a three-round uh, three fight. So, you know, as long as he's been training, he's going to come in in shape. That's a, that's a great fight. It's really the experience of Anthony Smith against the youth of Jimmy Crute. And, uh, I don't know. I, I, that's, a, that's a tough fight for Anthony Smith, in my opinion, just based upon... Jimmy Crute is on a high right now, even though I think uh, Anthony is rated higher than Jimmy Crute. Jimmy Crute's been putting people away. But Anthony, he's, he's coming off of a win, right? And then he oh, had yeah. a loss. He yes, he is. Before that, yep. two or three losses before that. Yeah. 
Two. He had two, and then he beat uh, Gus, and then he lost to John. I mean, the thing with him, as long as he's in shape, he's good. Yeah. If Anthony Smith comes in in shape. Yep, that's the whole question. He doesn't do what he did with Glover, where he just came out and just tried to, like, get him out of there. Oh, you're older. I'm going to get you out of here. And Glover's like, I ain't going nowhere, son. Like, that was kind of the mentality of Glover. So, um, you know what I mean? Anthony Smith, if he's in shape, he's dangerous. Good on the feet, good on the ground, good ground and pound, gets top yep. pressure, good positioning. You know, I think he fell in love with the stand-up a little bit too much sometimes. He's got to get back to a little bit of the wrestling. Well, his, his last fight against Devin Clark, you know, he went to the triangle choke, man, and he pulled that off. And, you know, Devin Clark wanted to take him down. Devin Clark's a big-time wrestler. Yeah. And I just – that was the Anthony Smith that I'm always looking for because he's – he was thinking, he was using his brain. He wasn't trying to outpower a guy that was real powerful and, you know, just showed what uh, a veteran with a fight IQ can do. He's just got a tough one. You know, the, the only guy that's beaten Jimmy Crute was Misha Serkinov and caught him in a Peruvian necktie. And you, you, when you get caught in a Peruvian, if it's, if it's on, you're screwed. <laughs> you know, there's not a whole lot of defense once it's applied. And Sirkinov is so damn strong when it comes to the grappling aspect. He can, if he gets a hold of someone, you know, he, he dislocated. Who was the guy he dislocated the jaw? I want to say it was, um, ah, damn. Eh, I can't think of it. But he dislocated the jaw on one guy just from a rear naked choke where he just twisted and had so much power. So Sirkinov grabbing the neck, that's been Krut's only loss. <clears throat> He's good. And he and he's just getting better, so yeah. that's a tough fight both ways. Good stuff. Who I'm gonna a little trivia here. Huh. Who is the Peruvian necktie named after? Fucking Tony D'Souza. Come on, baby. <laughs> I just want to make sure he's. Come on, baby. He was my teammate for years because he trained at AK with BJ and everybody was there. Fucking the caveman. Just want to make sure. Just want to make sure <laughs> people know. If you guys don't know okay. who he is, look his ass up. See, and as soon as someone tries to you know put it to someone else, it's like no, 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 no. It's like what they do with the Von Flu joke. It's like, look, I know that OSP has pulled it off more than anyone, and my props to him. I love him. Great job. But it's always going to be the Von Fluchuk. That's the guy that pulled it off. And who did he pull it off on first? Let's see if you get this one. I won't. I won't. <laughs> Ross Pearson. No, I don't know. Alex Karalexis from right. Ultimate Fighter 1. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's Steve right. Mazzagatti had no idea he was out. <laughs> He's sitting there looking, thinking of a guillotine choke. It's like, oh, God. Crazy, right? Yep. Oh, man. Um, Chris Weidman, Uriah Hall. Oh, I'll tell you what, man. That's a rematch. You know, they fought long ago. I think it was, uh, what do they call it? In, it's in, it's in New Jersey. I want to say it's either ring of Com- ring of combat, ring of combat. It's a uh, Vinny Naglia's uh, show. Mm-hmm. They fought a long time ago. So this is a, uh, this is one that Uriah Hall should be wanting to get back. Can he do it? That's the question. Where's his head at? Chris Wyman coming off. He had a nice win. Uh, that was a big win in his uh, last fight. It's uh, He just needs to go out and just be himself. Don't, don't try to overextend. Don't try to get fancy. Use his wrestling. Push your eye against the cage. Take him down when you can. You've got a better ground game by far. If Chris wants to win this, Make it an ugly fight, man. Make it where you 
close the distance on him, take away a lot of those spinning attacks and a lot of that flash and speed that he has, get him up against the cage, just dirty box him, make him, you know, have to deal with that, get him to the ground. That's your way of winning this fight. You should do that every time against Uriah. If you let Uriah stay on the outside and you try to box with him, you're asking for trouble. Yeah, he's, he's a slow, like with Uriah, it's all mental. So yep. if Chris doesn't allow him to get any offense going, then I think he can just crush him mentally, you know? But when you let someone who you know is, it's all mental, if you let them get the ball rolling, yeah. it's hard to stop him. So he's got to get in his grill right away, get the takedown right away to control the top position. If he does that, Uriah Harrow will start to just fall. He'll start to just wither away. You got to well. make him, you got to remind him of what happened the first time. Yep. Early on in the fight, and just say, "Oh, it's going to happen again. Yep. It's happening," and just make it to where he all of a sudden, instead of thinking about beating you, he's just trying to survive. Chris have another uh, title run in him? I don't believe so. I, I love the guy. I think he's a he was a great uh, fighter at one point. You know, when he was champion, and unfortunately, there it was a couple of things. He took a he took a lot of big shots. That the Luke Rockhold fight. In my opinion, you know, there's certain fights where you can look and you say, the guy took so much damage in that fight that it started to change him. And then he came and he had the fight against Yoel Romero where he took the big flying knee and he took some big shots in that one. It was, and it it just was a progression of these big, you know, big time losses as far as the the amount of damage he took in those losses that is, uh, it slowed him down a little bit. That, and, and, Coming a little bit slower has changed him as a fighter and what people can do against him. Yeah. And there's also, you know, there's a blueprint now out there on how to beat Chris. And uh, if you follow that, you got a chance of beating him. But as far as tough, he's tough as hell. He is. A, he's a gamer the whole way, and he can beat anyone on a given day. I just don't see, you know, speed wise and everything, uh, especially in the 185 pound weight class. Robert Whitaker's way too fast for him. Izzy's way too fast for him. Uh, I think Jared Cannonier now way too fast for him. It's just a matter of speed. Hmm. Yeah, I, I would hate. Tell to- me I'm wrong, man. Tell me I'm wrong. It's okay, no, man. You're not wrong. Okay. Stop patting yourself on the back. But I didn't. I was waiting for you to tell me I was wrong. That's all right. I give. The- I, and I, I hate saying. I, 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 I hate it. I hate saying it because I really like Chris. And I think he is, and he's been great for the sport. I just see a difference in him. John, the hardest thing for what people need to understand that are listening to the show, and even people when they hear us commentate, the hardest thing for us to do is to talk about fighters that we know, we know personally, and we know, uh, and we've met throughout the years, and we've been around. You've ref their fights, and I, you know, now I've called some of their guys' fights, or I've just been in the same locker rooms with them, you know, yeah. warming up for fights back there, and to say the things that we're saying. But the reality is, is that we see it. Maybe they don't see it. Maybe they do see it, you know, but it's. But it's they think hard. they can compensate for it. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to, it, like, it's it's just hard for in our, we're in our position to give proper detail and give facts or give, or give proper information without feeling like, man, I don't want to talk like that about people. Yeah, but I you don't. also have to be, you also have to deal with the reality of it, you know, and that's kind of the position that we're in. We have no I have no ill will towards anyone. I, I love Chris, you know, even though he fought um, Rockhold, who's my boy, um, and Luke beat him. But it was like still, I liked Chris ever since I liked him before the Anderson fight. When I saw him here, I think he fought Mark Munoz, and I liked Mark as well, you know. So it's like 
it it's I, I love grew, Mark. Yeah, he grew on me from that fight though. What a great guy. You know, he's a wonderful person. Like, you know, one of so the nicest he, human beings you'll ever find. You know what I mean? And I, I've only met Anthony Smith, I want to say once, maybe twice. I mean, way back in Strike Force days. You know, um, seemed like a really nice person. I mean, I haven't talked to him or know him since, you know, but it's like though like Anthony's got some he still has room, but he's got a lot of miles on him, man. He does, but he's still performing well. Yes, he is. He is. As long as he's in shape, he performs well. Yes. That's the biggest thing. With Chris, Chris is he's taking a lot of damage. Like a lot of damage. You know, and like you said, the fights like with Rockhold or the fights with uh Yoel, you know, other guys that he's fought. I mean, he's taking some big shots. And so anytime something like that happens, you start seeing that there's no way because your chin won't hold up against the top the top notch fighters. Well, you well, take a look. I mean, when you're talking about, you know, that fight with Rockhold was it was a serious, uh, serious amount of time that he was getting lumped up. Yeah. Because you know, if you remember, he did that spinning attack, and from that point, everything just went downhill for him. And uh, right after that was the Yoel Romero. Then he fought Gegard Mousasi. Yeah. You know, and that was a tough fight. He was doing well in it, and they had the whole thing with the hands going down and the thing, and so he loses that one, and that one was, you know. But then he got a big win against uh Gastelum, but then he came back again and he lost to punches with uh, Jacare, and then Dominic Reyes had that, you know, breakout performance against him at light heavyweight. So, well, all five had, of his losses have come by TKO or KO. Yeah, that's you know, the point. Before that, so it's yeah, it's those are tough, man. Those are tough, yep. and you just gotta understand that your body's not able to keep keep, keep taking that. Your chin and your brain. He's yep. not able to keep taking that. So I just wanted to get your opinion on whether you thought he had maybe one more title run left in him. But, I mean, all the things that I'm looking at, I see he still has all the ability. But at a certain age, you start questioning whether you can take a shot. So you're hesitant to throw things because you don't want to leave yourself open. You know, and, I mean, I see it now in, in a lot of fighters. And I just don't want to – I don't want to say it because I went through it is I would throw and I would leave my arm out there and I would hesitate for a second. Instead of like throwing one and two and three and four and then getting out, even though you do it on the bag or you do it on the on the mitts at the gym, what's different when you get into sparring, you get into the fight, you throw and you hesitate for a split second, almost like you blink your eyes. And then by then, like you don't realize you're staying there in the pocket and you're waiting to get hit because you know you've slowed down. So it's tar. It's a tough. it's a tough thing to deal with you got to make you got to find other ways to make comp you have to compensate for it and so some guys can do that like randy and dan henderson they can do it dan can do it because he had power if you knew if he touched you you're fucking done you know what i mean but but like randy though he was good at just closing the distance pressing to the fence controlling that not giving you a chance to do to do those things the rest of us dummies we would stick on the outside and try and strike and we'd end up getting hit and clipped and knocked out whatever it was you're taking a lot of damage so yeah, I just wanted to know if that was if that was uh, if you saw a title running them. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into this. Jessica Andrade versus uh, Shevchenko. I know that you love Jessica Andrade as far in this fight. I don't know if you love her yeah, enough to say you think she's going to win. I think she's kind of a cutie though. People may not think so, but I think she's got uh, she's kind of a cutie. People may not think so, but she's I got great personality. I she love does. Personality, she does. And then Valentina. Look, I think she, I think Jessica's got her hands full. She's fighting somebody who is, to me, I think it's the best female fighter in the world. I may get a little bit of flack for that because everyone's going to say Amanda Nunes. But I'm saying you take a person who had fought Amanda Nunes, 
You could say that she should have won one or it was very, very close or whatever it was. But the reality is that she shouldn't have been fighting that weight class. She's a 125-pounder. Yeah. And the only person that's going to go up in weight and give Amanda Nunes a fight will be her. So the rest of these girls, I don't know. But the one thing that really does interest me, and I'm glad the UFC is playing it this way, is that Jessica Andrade does not need to cut the weight, and she physically looks a lot better, and she seems like she's not depleted, and she will have even more punchy power. Like we saw with DC when he went to heavyweight. He possessed the power that he didn't have at 205. And I think she's going to have that. She already had the power at 115, but it will be there the whole fight. She will not run out of gas because she won't be as depleted. Like we were talking about the Yoel Romero situation. This is perfect. This is the same type of scenario. Sure, she's shorter in stature. Sure, she doesn't probably doesn't have the reach. All of those things aside, she's going to be pushing the, the, the envelope on this fight. She's going to be chasing after her. Trying to she's going to push the girl. pace on it. Yeah, she's going to be trying to get after her, get her to the ground. She can get on top of Valentina and wear her down a little bit. I think she has a chance. I think she has a chance. Well, you know? first off, she definitely has a chance. She can fight. She's been a champion. Uh, she's good. <clears throat> but I'm just saying, just like you said, she's fighting probably the person that's got the most complete skill set of any woman fighting right now. No, I agree. She's just good everywhere and is continuing to be better. Her ground game is outstanding. Her takedowns are good. Her stand-up is sharp. I mean, she just she throws beautiful combinations, beautiful kicks, both low and high. She just does it all well. And I, the one thing that I do see is one of the things that you'll see sometimes with Jessica is she likes to dip when she likes to throw that big overhand right. And it can be timed. And, if, uh, and I know that uh, Valentina has been watching tape on her and sees the same things that, you know, you or I would see in looking at that and go, oh, that's where your head's going to be. Okay. So Jessica needs to be careful of that dip sometimes. Yes. Yeah, Jessica, I found out. Jessica, I found out as well. She was throwing <laughs> the jab, dipped into the yep. side head dip, kick. Yep. Boom. You know, I mean, those, those, don't get me wrong, those options are there. And Jessica being the shorter fighter. This she's doesn't need to dip very far for her foot nope. up there. So, um, but with Jessica, I think if she presses into her, presses her to the fence, get get dirty with her, get nasty with her, take her down, and dominate that position, I think she's got a great chance. Yeah, that's the way to be. If I if if you know, any way that you look at it, if Jessica Andrade wins this fight, it's because she did it up against the cage or down on the ground, just getting nasty, staying in a phone booth, staying close to her, does not let Valentina have any room to just pick her apart from the outside. Does Valentina get to that stage right now where she's like, look, I've been mopping these girls. I'm kind of getting bored. Uh, you know, it, it can definitely happen, but I just don't see it in her. She's that person. She's pretty good at uh, getting herself motivated towards, you know, every person that's coming. She, you know, she talks about all the time. There's no easy fights. You know, I don't get any easy fights. All the people that I'm fighting are the very best, and I need to always be prepared for that. So, you know, she's always working. She's always working with her sister to get her sister better also and stuff. So I just see that uh, she's going to maintain where she's at as long as she puts on the performance she's capable of. I think Jessica Andrade can start her. Whoa, look at you. <laughs> All right, let's put some money on this, baby. 
I'm just saying, like, I think. No, 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 no. Do not back out there, mister. Hey, I'm not backing out. I'm not backing out. $2 million. Oh, no. no $2 million. Pay me my money. Pay me my money. Oh, jeez. It was like. Love it. Oh, it was as bad as listening to DC go, Thug Rose, Thug Rose. <laughs> oh, I liked the Thug Rose. I, I thought that was Rose. great. <laughs> it was good. It was. Um, I mean, she's she's got a lot of – I'm excited for this fight. It really just comes down to, like, who can implement their game plan. I think Valentina actually has a lot more tools in the bag, obviously. But um, you're one punch away from getting knocked out. I just haven't seen the performance. Can you pull up her, her last fight, Valentina's? So Jennifer Maya – yeah, and Chikagian. So she went all five rounds with Chikagian. I, I'm not Chikagian, but uh, Maya. I feel like that was one of those fights where she was comfortable being in just get grinding out the rounds and getting the win. Maybe getting more ring experience. I don't know, whatever it was. She got a lot of fights already. You know, my point is that she just didn't seem as motivated to get her out of there, and that's why I asked the question: Are we going to start seeing her just kind of like, you know, the GSP thing where? Yeah. It seemed like he was just content with just getting the wins, five rounds, decisions, and and moving on. Because you know it's hard, it's hard to stay motivated after you become champion. You've beat you know this person, this person, this person. I mean, over and over again. Because I feel like she is. When you said that she's got the best tool set in all of women, I believe so. I actually 100% agree. I think when I look at when I look at her, I look at her as I'm gonna do another comparison. She was the GSP. She's the GSP of the era of when everyone was behind them. Yeah. When everyone was behind GSP, she was the G- she's the GSP. Like there was levels to that where people hadn't caught up yet to what he was doing. And she's kind of that she's the female leading the the way. You know, everyone's going to say Amanda, but no, Amanda's not as well-rounded as her. I don't I don't believe. You know, I'm sure she's got the tools, but she's not as good with those tools as as uh Shevchenko is. Well, Amanda's a great fighter and she she's is. gotten she's just getting better too. It's the whole thing. Uh, Amanda's uh, Amanda lives off of power. Hmm. You, you can see, you know, Amanda's very similar to Cyborg as far as when she hits another lady, you see the look in their face like, oh my God. You know, it's a difference maker that they're just not used to uh, being in there with someone that hits them and it, they feel that buzz the same way. And so Amanda's got that. She's got a great ground game. And the best part about Amanda, in my opinion, is she's smart now. She's got a high fight IQ. She puts the fight where she has the advantage. And, you know, skill set wise, I think I think Valentina has more tricks, more tools. But you only need a couple tools like Amanda has to be uh, awfully good at what you do. So Well, you just need that that whatever you want to call it, the chess piece. You need that queen piece or check piece, checkmate piece. That's <laughs> called the right hand or left hand, whatever, man. She's got power. Uh, Valentina's skill set, like you said, is the switch kick to the head kick, the punches, the combinations, the uppercuts, the knees, you know, taking to the ground, dominate the top position. I mean, she's going to have her hands full, though, against Jessica Andrade. Um, next fight. Oh, yeah. oh Whaley Zang. Oh, the devil. Thug Rose. Come on. Yeah, I'm Thug Rose. I'm going to take the Thug Rose thing. I'm gonna t- I'm gonna take the thug rose. I- I'm gonna go with her. I think okay. she's gonna be able to. Uh, she's gonna touch Whaley on the chin a couple times. Whaley's gonna have to respect it. I just get concerned, like you were, you and I were talking about a couple days ago, that Rose she slows down. 
She slows down, and we saw in the Whaley fight against Joanna, she picks up. She picks up the pace in the fourth and the fifth. She's like, I'm going to get after you, you know? And so for Rose, that could be dangerous for someone like Whaley Zhang who has power even in the fourth and fifth round. You know, you don't want to be you don't want to be in that fourth and fifth round tired, arms feel like lead, and you're getting hit or kicked, you know? So I'm going to go with Thug. I'm going to go with Thug Rose. <laughs> In the first three rounds, if she don't get her out of there by then, it's going to be a tough go. <laughs> okay. Tough go. Let me, let me ask you a simple question. I don't, probably won't answer it simply. <laughs> How many losses to Wei, does Wei Li Zhang have? She has one. Yeah. No. You know when that happened? That's only because I have the stats. Do you mode. know when that happened? <laughs> yeah. No, I don't. Very first fight. Yeah. So she, she has gone 21 fights without a loss. She's an animal. Okay. She's got more fights as far as victories than Rose has total. And the real difference that I see in this fight is Wei Li has a, she's got that aggressiveness that a lot of ladies don't really have. Some do, some don't. Rose is, she, she's a gangster. She will, yes. she comes in, but she fights smart and she tries to fight long. And this, that's her one advantage in this fight. She's not much taller. But I think she's longer. I think her limbs are longer, and I think that she's going to have the reach advantage. And she does very well using a jab. Uh, she's got a beautiful left hook, all that stuff that Trevor Whitman works with her. But it's hard to use all that stuff when someone is pressuring you and putting a big pace on you and coming at you with all kinds of angles of attacks with an aggressiveness that just doesn't seem to end. And... Uh, that's my opinion going to be the difference in the fight. And that's why I say, you know, although Rose is a great competitor, I don't think she's going to beat Wei Li. Uh, <laughs> you don't have to change your mind, baby. I'm not going to change my mind. You're out of your damn mind. I ain't changed my mind. Just, just said that. I wouldn't do that shit. All right. So, yes, wait, you would. It is. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going Thug Rose, man. I'm going Thug Rose. You do that. I am. I am. Now look, I'm. I'm not gonna get into the betting stuff. We'll talk. We'll do the weighing on the odds later. But I want to get into th to me. Like, I agree with you. The th the the distance, the reach, the range. I think yep. she's gonna be longer. She fights longer. But yeah, when you fight, fight longer. longer, that makes you more tired. Okay. I mean, like, but also fighting, fighting in a phone booth makes you tired as well. There's that happy medium. You've got to be able to to, to make them t uh, work together. I've, I'm getting tired. You know, fighting long. I clinch you and I press you. Press you to the fence, whatever, control the position there until I go back I'm to fighting go long. Go back to fighting long again. And I don't think Rose does that. You know, she doesn't do it as well as like Whaley will. She'll try and strike from the outside. She'll, she'll get clipped and hit. Shaw in the Joanna fight, she's got a chin. Yep. She can take a shot um, and she can deliver one back. So she. Really, she it's really that. bad to say a girl's got whiskers, but she got whiskers. <laughs> she's got whiskers. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I find those attractive. Hey. Eh? Hey. <laughs> Oh, look at this girl here, this podcast Diana. She's got whiskers. <laughs> Love me some podcast Diana. Come on, you know that was funny, Diana. <laughs> uh, should I just call you D? <laughs> podcast D. All right. Um, good fight, though. I'm excited. You know, that should be a good fight. It's well, one of the ones when you're looking. Rose has, you know, first off, she was, she was the champion. She held that title, and so her coming back. This I, this is the first uh, title challenge she's had since she lost it. 
So, yeah. you know, she did she did uh, go back and get a a win over Andrade who beat her for the title with the, and, and look, she was she was winning that fight in Brazil. You know, yeah. She was doing really well until she held on to that Kimura and got dropped on her head. Uh, but fight IQ right there. Yeah. That's yeah. when you go just let go of it. When you see when I see people trying to hold on to a triangle uh, they're getting lifted up i'm like just let it go just let it go let it go. release sense. please don't do it <laughs> you know once <laughs> it gets past the waist just let it go like once your head is a past the waist just let it go yeah all you do as soon as you get to the waist your feet come down and touch the ground and you're back to the stand-up exactly. <laughs> yeah. um all right well the main event oh what do you think baby come on give me give you know, me your insight this is my insight that Game bread to me is an OG. And is. I'd like to see him do some work. I'd like to see him win the real title. Yep. I just don't know because he is always throughout his career of what I've seen. He's always slowed down as the fight's gone on. And Usman is he's a workhorse, man. Yep. That guy will just keep going. And I think he proved it with um I think he proved it with Colby Covington. I was concerned about his conditioning, his cardio, not in terms of like he would get tired, but I thought that Colby was going to outwork him, and that didn't happen. Now, granted, the two of them didn't wrestle at all. It was a stand-up fight, and so they both got, I think they both got equally tired, but Usman, he had worked his stand-up to the point with, I think, with Trevor Whitman and, you know, and Henry Hoof and those guys at the time to stay long, jab push kick do all the things that would threaten colby covington and he fought one of the most smartest fights i've seen a fighter fight against colby and uh it's great job what concerns me is i'm watching some of the old flicks here is that he has a tendency to dip his head he saw we saw that with uh gilbert burns as well yeah so if you throw on him he dips his head down he's able to get hit with the uppercut and the left hook right off the bat and the overhand right is very susceptible too because he is he throws that jab long so if you don't keep your chin tucked and you throw that jab, that overhand right finds a home. He got in trouble with Gower Burns with that overhand right. And that's what I was saying when I was talking about with Mazadal. Watching him fight Gilbert Burns should have been like, okay, Gilbert knew what worked against him. I just need to go back and watch that and see where he had success and see what combinations that Gilbert threw the most because those are the combinations that he thought was going to work from their old days of training together. And some of those combinations landed clean enough to wobble Usman. Yep. So that means that that's still there. Those tendencies are still there. So if, if I'm Masvidal, I'm taking a, a page out of that book, you know, and I'm I'm just touching him. And if I'm watching this first fight. That's the big thing right there. That, that's the whole difference in the fight, in my opinion. Yep. Masvidal cannot go for the big shot. Don't go for the big shot because you overextend and he gets into you. That's when he drives you into the cage. That's when he, you know, you're, you're throwing the kick and he's always catching it. Don't try to hit him with the hard shot. Almost like you did with Nate Diaz when you fought him for the bad motherfucker title. You were just piecing him up. You were just touching him. You kept touching him, touching him, touching him. And that's what you need to do with Usman to be successful. Don't get in that thing where you're starting to overextend and reach out to hit him hard. Just keep on light touches. Just keep on touching. They'll add up, and they'll frustrate him. If he's getting hit a lot, you'll notice that Usman starts to take big runs and big lunges at getting into someone when he wants to take him down. That's when someone like Masvidal, who has good wrestling defense, 
when he sees the takedown coming and he hasn't set himself up into a bad position, he's going to stop it. It's when he puts himself in a bad position. He's overextended or he's got his leg up. Now the, the takedown is going to happen, and now you're on your back, and now it's hard to get away from him. Yeah, a lot of it too, though, I think in the first in this in their first fight, as I'm watching it, Masvidal really went out there and went for gut. He went for the gusto like in the first well, two. Well, that's because he knew he didn't have a huge gas tank. Yeah, yeah. And so as the fight went on, it was like it was more just Usman kind of controlling the position and trying to touch him against some pieces. But Masvidal's got to keep his back off the fence. Yes. I, mean, I don't know why he likes to hang out there. He was doing a little bit of that Anderson Silva where he smiled, he's tired. and he's tired. I get it. But like you were saying, he was trying to land the home run punch throughout the whole fight, and it was putting him in positions where he was getting takedown, he was getting to the That's body lock, and Usman was just controlling the position the whole time. The thing that I'm going to go back to is even in strike force when he was younger, Masvidal never really seemed like he had a great gas tank. He either just pieced you up and if, look, this is the way I'm just everyone. If you guys have not seen the KJ Nunes fight with Masvidal, you need to go back and watch that fight. He didn't try to throw anything hard. He just touched, touched, touched. I know, I know the Nate Diaz fight is fresh in everyone's mind, but go back and watch that fight. KJ Nunes versus Masvidal. Go back and watch that fight. I've never seen anyone get dismantled that badly in a fight. KJ got pieced up all over. Especially everywhere. in the stand-up with a guy that actually was a stand-up fighter. Yeah, it was. He walked out. He was lumped up, swollen up. His lips were three times the size. I thought he got Botox. He put <laughs> collagen. So much, collagen. He put, don't put Botox in your lips. You can't talk. Okay, I don't know, man. It'll move. Yeah, I don't know that type of stuff. <laughs> I get a little bit older. I might find out about it. Who knows? Uh, but that's really. I don't even want to know where you put college. Yeah, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, you know what I mean. So if you go, if you guys have not seen Masvidal versus KJ News, go back and watch that fight. That's exactly how he needs to fight Usman if he wants to win. He needs to touch him, touch him, touch him, and every time he sees an opening, go for the hard shot. Okay, like, and and Usman will give you that hard shot. He'll dip his head if he gets hit. If you're touching him two or three times. You, I saw it in his last fight with him. He puts his head down and just kind of walks forward into the takedown. That's when you're. That's your opportunity to circle out, throw the uppercut, circle out, throw the knee, whatever, throw the fly knee right up the middle, whatever it is. But you've got to touch, 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 go hard, touch, 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 go hard. There was moments in that first fight, and I was. I don't know if it was because he he only had it what on five days notice, four days notice, something like that. Six days total. So, yeah, six days. Then he had to fly and stuff. Yeah. So when it all comes down to it, like. There was moments in that fight that he was just throwing heavy and hard because it felt like he wanted to get him out of there to see if he could get him out of there because he knew he didn't have the conditioning to go four and five rounds, which he did, but still. I mean, you're going to see you're gonna see a lot out of, out of game bread that we didn't see in the first fight. I just wonder if he can – yeah, because his takedown defense is probably one of the best in the game. For a stand-up guy, he's really damn good. It, it's tough in people's takedowns. Because he's wrestling all the time, and look at who he's wrestling with. Yeah, yo, well. Hello. Animal. This guy's a fucking beast. I mean, I don't know if Gamebred's been able to wrestle with him this fight, though, because, you know, yo, well, going to be 215 by the time he fights in two yeah, weeks. Yeah, man, I'll tell you what. I bet they've both been training together, so. Yeah, they're fun. They're, they're funny together. You watch some oh, of their, their Instagram videos and stuff, and they're funny together. Like, when I when I think of Scarface, I think of those two guys. And it's not because <laughs> it's not because Mazzarol and... And Al Pacino, I just think in terms of like there was two guys on Scarface that had a, a friendship, you know, and and this type of stuff. But in the two of them, just seem like they're they're like just detached to the hip, like good buddies. Well, couldn't you see them in the South Beach there, all 
Masvidal's doing something, all of a sudden he hears, hey, boy, boy. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Great, man. Yeah, exciting, man. Both of them have big fights coming up. You got Yoel coming up against Anthony Rumble, and then you've got, you know, Masvidal and uh, Usman this weekend. So it's going to be good, man. It's going to be is. Who is who, who beat Usman? Who's his one loss? Scroll down. Oh, my God. That's a long time ago, man. I Jose think it was the second, third or, second or third fight. Jose Caceres. Wow. Kyle. I wouldn't have gotten that name. View. I know he got choked. That's the only thing I know. Kyle versus View. Remember that? Remember? Is that Mike Kyle? It must be. CFA. That must be Mike Kyle. Oh, against, you're saying. Uh, Travis View. Tra Travis View? Yeah. That would be a while ago. No, that's not Mike Kyle. Yeah, it's right there. It is Mike Kyle. Holy shit. Damn, that's an that's a old ass fight. Woo. And then Fallon Fox. She's on there. He's on there. Oh, who was she fighting in that one? Uh, who was it? Uh, who did you say? Fallon Fox. Aliana Jones. Alana Jones. Oh, Alana Jones. That was an eye. I have really bad eyes, man. Yeah, I think, I think uh, wasn't that her first? So shin choke. What's a shin choke? Google plata. Shin choke. I would. Yeah, it sounds like a Google Google plata to me. All right. Yeah. Does it actually say shin choke on there? Yeah, it does. Oh my. Shin choke. Yeah. That's top level shit right there. This this is where you look and you go, all right, who's the moron that put that? Somebody from Sure Dog. <laughs> <laughs> no. I can't, you know, it's not Sherdog's fault because that comes from the uh, the regulators. Yeah, the commission. So a referee actually said that to the table. The table wrote that down, and they're the ones that then you know gave that information to embarrassing the different things. But it's like embarrassing, unbelievable. Uh, all right. So the main event, you're thinking, you're taking Usman. I gotta say, Usman wins. I would love to see George, you know, do well, but I just think Usman right now is getting better all the time. Uh, he's, you know, he's he's continuing to put on performances, and he knows he knows where he's strong. He's not he's not stepping out of his zone of where he does well. So, five rounds. I do think it goes to five rounds. Do you think Usman gets in trouble at all? Oh, look at the, the fight could end. You know, Masvidal has power. Answer the question, John. Answer the question, okay? Stop I am answering the question. If you <laughs> would deflecting. let me, no deflection here. Masvidal's got power, and you saw that, you know, in multiple wins. Is you know, look at the knockout of Darren Till. Darren Till can stand up and fight. So if Masvidal lands the right shot, look at Usman's going to go down. Now, does he go out? Maybe, maybe not. You know, does he get finished? Maybe, maybe not. But you know, Masvidal has the power and the skills. To definitely put one on on Usman and, and get him out of the fight. The question is, does he? You know, I think that that just hey, go out there and just keep touching him. I think that will be his road to success over trying to land the big shot that puts him out right away. Yeah. Okay. I'm just pumped, man. It's gonna be a good yeah. card. A lot of that's good a great card. card. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of good fights. On and I, I hate to say that because a lot of times with the the three championship fights, it just oh doesn't end up being that good but i really think with these i love the the rose uh whaley fight i think that's going to be just gonna fun to watch i think that the shevchenko against andrage is the best flyweight matchup they can make 
Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you 100%. Yeah, Jessica Andrade having to come up and, uh, you know, and show the power at the heavier weight class. I think it's going to be beneficial to her. Yep. Like we were talking about with Yoel and Anthony Johnson, same type of feeling there. Um, all right, well, let's get into Wayne and Oh, yeah. yeah, baby. Who are you going with? Well, let's go mybookie.ag. Use the promo code Wayne in, and we're going to go ahead and give you our odds and our picks on these fights. And you guys can uh, get a extra cash if you guys use that promo code Wayne in with mybookie.ag. All right, let's go. Let's see. Uh, Mazadal or Usman? So Mazadal is a plus 325. Usman is a minus 425. Yeah, I wouldn't do either of those. <laughs> I would do the over. That's a minus. Uh, yeah. No, no. I would say the over. Yeah, that's not even very good money, though. I know. Minus is at four and a half. Yeah. You got to get into the last two and a half minutes of the of the round. Yeah. The fifth round to actually win that one. That sucks. That's a tough one. I would if I was I would gonna, leave it alone. I don't if like I was it. gonna bet it, I would bet the under. Yeah? Yeah. If I was gonna bet it, I think I would too. Yeah. Because it's a, at least a plus one fifty five, so you put fifty bucks down and fucking win three times my money. But you know, it could it could definitely end. I I would I would say I think it's gonna go the distance, but I would go with the under at four and a half because I'm getting most of the fight. Anything happens. Yeah. 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 Stop it, that. I got a drink now. I know. <laughs> I think, yeah, I would do that. Rose Nama Yunus is uh, plus 160. Whaley Zhang is minus 195. And the over on it is minus 135. And the under is plus 105. Yeah, I would take Whaley at, at minus 195. You would? I would put 200 bucks down to win. Yep. 100. I'm not saying Rose can't win. I just don't think she's going to. Got it. You wouldn't do the over-under? Nope. No? Nope, because that fight can end at any time, anywhere. Or it could go the distance, too. So Got it. That's a rough one. Jessica Andrade, Valentina Shevchenko. Is, Jessica Andrade is plus 330. Valentina is minus 430. And the over on it is minus one ten, and the yeah, under no. is minus one twenty. I'd do the under. <laughs> really? Yep. Yeah. See, these type of fights that, that I, I just wouldn't bet. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't bet on that. It's just too much of a swing. I mean, if I was gonna bet, I'd pro I'd probably do the the Jessica. I'd bet a hundred bucks. Just you know. It just could clipper, rock. You love those long range ones, man. I do. You come up big. You come up big, big. Yeah. You know, I would take that. Let me see Rose. Let me see Rose. God, I would find a way to bet on Rose. I love. Me <laughs> I love me some. Love you. Love you some Rose Nama Yunus. Yes, I do. Hello. All right. So Chris Wyman, Uriah Hall. Chris is minus one twenty five, and Uriah Hall is one hundred five. Basically, that's real simple. Bet on the fighter you want to win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's no, it's, there's really no difference there. No. Scroll up, can you? Dun, dun, dun. Who we got? Smith and Crew. Oh, Smith is uh, a dog. Yes, he is. Jimmy Crew. I to, look. I I understand that. Jimmy Crew. You know, the way he's been fighting, I can understand why they're looking at it that way. Blasphemy. Blasphemy. <laughs> Blasphemy I tell you. 
Uh, yeah, I, w- I would take Anthony Smith. In a three-round fight, Anth- I'd take Anthony Smith. Just overall, more more tools. Well, at plus one sixty, he's he's got a good chance of winning the fight. So I would I always go if I think the guy has the ability to win that fight with a in a multitude of ways, which Anthony does. I would go with the underdog at at one sixty. That would be Anthony. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Do we have odds on any of the other fights? PFL. Um, I don't know. Let's check and see. UFC, AFC, no, 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 PFL. Oh, uh, PFL getting no respect. Go to MMA and see if it's there. Yeah, they should have it at least on the main event. You should. I'll just keep scrolling through oh, this and see. Oh, no, no. This is four. Tw- it's on four twenty-four, isn't it? And five-one. Yeah. No. Nothing, nothing earlier. No. Those are all UFC. Man, we need to have a discussion with these guys. <laughs> yep. Oh, well, well, let's jump into some news, man. What do you think, John? As far as what? Daniel Cormier and Jake Paul? I think they ought to fight. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, one of these days, I right? Well, look, I want to remind people, John Jones said something one time to DC, like before they had ever fought. DC was, I think, was still at heavyweight. And John and, and DC grabbed John by the arm, pulled him aside like a child and said, boy, you got something to say? Like, you know, you got to talk to me like a man. Don't just speak into the media, whatever. Something was yeah. DC pulled him aside like he was a little kid. Jake Paul, he will fucking pull your ass to the side if he ever runs into you and just put you over his knee and spank your fucking ass. I swear uh-huh. it would be embarrassing. And I know you call him a fat kid and this or whatever, whatever you want to call him, but. Fat kid will pick you up and drop you on your fucking head. Yeah. I just drop. Yeah, he will. He'll do. Oh, yeah. Well, but yeah. I'm saying, look, even even if it was a boxing match, the only reason why I said it's like Jake Paul's been fighting guys that are at 170 and below. This guy's a lot bigger. What does he walk around? 190, maybe 200. Jake. Ooh. Jake Paul. Yeah, he, he walks, he walks around to 200. Yeah, around 200. Right. His brother's a little bit bigger. Like, yeah. I think it looks bigger. Yes. Jake Paul is. Do we have a way to? Um, well, it is, he fought at 190, 191 against Aspen. Okay, so one ninety one. So he walks around at two hundred. Yeah, I mean, you're, he's fighting guys that are, you know, what the 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 Michael, what's his not the Michael, the the basketball player, Nate Robinson. Nate Robinson, that guy. Sure, he's tall, long, and lanky, right? Not tall. He's. I said he was short. He is. <laughs> he's like six foot. Six foot five eleven, something like that. Five eleven. Okay, six foot five eleven. Five nine, apparently. Five nine. Five nine. See, look at that. So he's five nine, one hundred eighty pounds. So he's still, still lighter than Jake Paul. Mm-hmm. Ever boxed that? Every everyone he's fought has been smaller. Yeah. So why don't we start like putting pressure on Mister Jake Paul, poodle haired kid, to start fighting guys that are in his weight class. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. I mean, uh, before we go hyping the kid, look, do I think he can maybe box a tiny bit? He can box. Uh, I, wouldn't, I don't even know if I want he to. He can box. I, look, is, like, he a, is he a great boxer? No. no. But he can box. Okay? Is that what, what, lets, what lets you think that he can box? What makes you think that he can box? Well, I have a friend that used to be a, a welterweight champion of the world who spars with him and says he can box. Okay. So, <laughs> I, I think he can box. He can okay. So it says, "Hey, Daniel says uh, he would kill Jake Paul if they ever fought," which is probably correct. He suggests Luke Rockhold. 
Luke's Luke's tall, long, lanky, but he's I like to use that a lot as everyone likes to say in the comment section. <laughs> um you know, Luke is he's got a lot of power. Luke's a lot bigger than Jake Paul. And I mean, if you want to match up someone, you know, oh, that's the right that's Luke fights at hold on. Luke fights at 185 pounds. That's true. That's Jake true. Paul just fought at 191. Yeah. That's, that's the actual thing that should go on. Touch him up. Yeah. That's uh who was the other guy? He he suggested somebody else. It was Jake Paul. It would no, it was Rock Holden with somebody else. Tyron Woodley. Tyron Woodley, that's right. Tyron. Well, Tyron's Ty a small guy too, though. That's the problem. Stop suggesting these guys that are, you know, that are smaller. I know Tyron probably walks around about 190, but he is not tall. He is not, I mean, like Tyron's not a boxer. Not a boxer either. You know? Okay. And this is what well, look, let let's be honest about. And this is the same thing, you know, it's why Ben Askren was picked. You know, when you have so, when you have the guy who's picking his opponents, mm -hmm. eh, you got to look at it with that eye kind of closed down, okay? Because it's saying something. But he's being smart about who he's, you know, picking. He's good at getting people pissed off. But as the MMA fighter, stop thinking that you're going to be able to walk into somebody else's world. And how many times have I said... My dad told me long ago, don't play another man's game. All right? Pull Jake Paul into MMA. Say, hey, hey, real simple. You want to fight? Come here. I'll fight you right here. Any day, any time. I'll do it on a day's notice. You can practice. Okay? That's what you do. But to sit there and think that, oh, my skill set is going to transfer over to boxing. It's not. I used to box long ago, and everything about MMA is different than boxing. All right, it's a different style. Your your footwork is different. The way you stand is different. And most MMA fighters open themselves up because they've got to think about the takedown, and that's how they've learned to do their stand up. And it against a boxer, you're going to get eaten up based upon the way you're standing for an MMA fight. So there's all these things that are working against you. Stop trying to play his game. Basically, look at him, go, dude, fuck you, okay? Come to my world, then we'll talk. But he won't do that, and that's how you shut him up. It's the same as, you know, Tyron was in the in the locker room watching him get his hands taped, and he had, you know, Jake Paul's one of his corner guys, you know, Jaleon Love, okay? I know who Jaleon is. I've seen him box before, okay? Decent boxer, you know, decent. When he, when he starts fighting guys that are good, he loses. But if you were going to put Tyron Woodley against him in a boxing match, Jay Leon's going to beat Tyron. Just telling you straight out. Stop allowing someone to pull you into their world. Yeah. Yeah, because you could just say, like, I, I think next time that anyone goes in there at one of those events, they just take wrestling shoes and just start <laughs> doing what Jay Leon, whatever his name is, was saying. Hey, what you know about these? You don't know shit about these wrestling shoes. <laughs> like, get the fuck out of my face. Because that punch, you're going to throw one punch. I'm going to put you on your back and just skull. Pound the shit out of you. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. You know what reminds me of that video? What was that movie? Fucking uh, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. And the guy, Ryan Philippe, I think, is the in the very beginning of the show. The girl's yelling or whatever, talking about how tough her man. He's like, you shut your fucking whore mouth. He tells her, before I go over there and skull fuck your face. <laughs> That's what I, 
<laughs> he said something odd. Fuck, start your face. And that's what I think of when I think of like if I was T Wood, it would have taken everything in my power not to just fuck that guy up right there. Right. Spot. I, I, I'm gonna go back a long ways here. Do you remember a fighter named Fernando Vargas? Yes. Okay. El Ferocious, yeah. right? Fernando could fight. <laughs> Fernando was a hell of a boxer. He was at a party. You know, Fernando lived in Oxnard, and he was at a party, and there was a guy there that was a blue belt under Hicks and Gracie, Brian Espinoza. And they got into it over a girl and kind of stuff and goes outside, and the next thing that all of Fernando Vargas's friends are seeing is Fernando getting choked the fuck out. And he did. He got choked unconscious, okay? That's what happens when a boxer has to deal with more than just one style of fighting. They can't deal with it. And so why are all of these guys allowing themselves to be pulled over to the one style of fighting when what they do has taken all of this time to learn all of these things because Fighting is more than just punching with a left hand or a right hand. And they're allowing this guy to, to pull them over. Now, I understand, you know, if you're going to do it for money, okay. I'm, I'm the first guy to say, Ben Askren, congratulations. You got, you got a great payday. I, I, don't, I don't have a problem with it. You know, I understand why. But Ben is good with dealing with these kind of things about Ben didn't care. That was part of the problem. You know, one of the things that, you know, people... Ben, ben actually made the comment that he's had 2,000 matches that were more important than this fight. As soon as you go into that fight with that in your head, you're losing because it's not important to you. And I really believe he kind of thought that. So, I think a little bit of this goes back to just the fighter pay. And I know I, know I feel like I'm beating a dead horse with a stick here, but the bottom line is, is until we as a – as a fan unit, start promoting all the organizations and all the fighters all across the board yeah. to bring more money in to, to help drive up the price for the fighters in the UFC as well. If we, if the UFC starts losing some of their top fighters to the other organizations because the other organizations are paying just as much and they're getting a little bit more publicity and they have sponsors that are paying more than five or ten thousand dollars for ten people for ten fights in one organization, that's another thing. You know, so and um, there's a lot of things that will led on to, to, to this conversation again right now today is the Corey Anderson and and uh, Brett Johns. Brett Johns. They came out with their tweets today saying like, "Hey, I'm making a ton of money." Corey Anderson said he made in his what twelve in his fights. two Bellator fights he made more than he made his entire time in the UFC with his bonuses. That's that's crazy. With fight of the night. And so that's my point is, look, even if even if it wasn't Bellator and it's like Eddie, Eddie Alvarez and Demetrius Johnson making a fucking killing, Sage Norcutt making a killing. But the point is, is that it comes down to us, not just John and I, but it comes down to every single person in the damn comment section, in our comment section and Brandon Schaub's comment section. And it takes it takes all of us to put pressure on the media to tell them they need to step up. The media needs to step up. All I see is them the media posting stuff or making um, writing articles on this class action lawsuit or fighter pay and blah, blah, blah. You guys start talking about the other fighters and then, and other organizations about how they're, how, what they're doing well. And that'll start giving them TV deals. And then that'll start bringing in more money for the, for that promotion and that organization, which will then in turn, hopefully start getting the fighters paid more. And I know it seems like, Oh, we're all in hopes, but it's already been proven. Like, 
the fight the other organizations have to pay more if they want to get the top fighters because right now the ufc has the name the ufc that wants the fighters want to automatically go there you've already we've already talked about this where fighters oh it's my dream to fight in the ufc but once you've got there a lot of it is like okay now i just want to make more money i've been here done that kind of situation now it's time like i was saying with anthony pettis earlier he's moved on now he's gonna he has an opportunity to make a million dollars he's got an opportunity to plus his fight purse i mean everybody in the the light heavyweight grand prix that was in the welterweight grand prix that's in the featherweight world grand prix they're all an option to win a million dollars on top of all of their fight purses their fight purses are not pennies by the way i mean i don't want to get into numbers really but but like Michael Chandler was making people don't understand the numbers and they, th they think they have an idea because no idea athletic commissions come out with checks that they give the fighters. And that's what they think. Or they you know, they'll look on some of these websites. Oh, this is what the guy made. Not even close people, not even close. Put the, Hey, put that back up as far as what Corey Anderson said there, Dave, real quick, because it, it's important that people here. And, and there's, this is what I want them to figure out. And he, Corey Anderson put the UFC gave me the career. Bellator gave me the life in two fights, which is six months with Bellator. I've made double of what I did in 15 fights, 11 wins with two bonuses, seven years with UFC. Now I live and enjoy my life to the fullest with my family every day. Let that marinate. Now what he's trying to tell you is this, and this is where when people watch and you know, the, the ultimate fighter is coming back. You've got Brian Ortega and Alex Volkanovsky are going to be the coaches. That's great. You know, one of the guys that's in the 185-pound class is Kemran Lachinov hmm. from Bellator. Yeah. So he's going to do well in that some bitch. <laughs> People are in trouble because that's a bad dude, man. But anyways, they look at that, you know, Ultimate Fighter, and they love it and stuff. Corey Anderson won that Ultimate Fighter. And, I, and this is where, you know, the UFC used to put out, you know, a six-figure contract. It's a six-figure contract over six, over six fights, and they then they have an additional amount of fights on you. You're making like twelve thousand, twelve thousand a fight. Pennies. It's not good money. It's not a good contract. They have you by the balls. It was your way of getting into the UFC, and that's what it was for Corey. But now Corey's making the money that he deserves because he's one of the top fighters in the world in his weight class, and he deserves to get paid a fair salary for his work time and effort to get to where he's at. So, you know, it's, I think it's great that he puts that out because this is the truth. And when people are sitting there saying, Oh, you know, he, you know, the UFC released him. No, he, you know, the, he got it. He got released because asked. his management was that he asked for his release. His, he asked for his release because his management was friends with Dana and got him that release. So he could go and make a living. So he didn't have to worry about his family. And you, if you take a look at a guy like that and you think anything bad, you're crazy. Yeah. You know, would you do the same? Absolutely. I did it yeah. most of my life. Absolutely. I did it most of my life. I went where the most money was. You see it That's with Eddie it. Alvarez. You see it with Demetrius Johnson. Like they want an opportunity to make money. I mean, Eddie's been I pretty Eddie's much been looked, fantastic. Yeah. I've looked at what Eddie's done throughout his career, and I'm like, you did everything right. And people and I think with him too, is that people want to criticize him. And he's just in the back going, I'm sorry, I can't hear you through all these $100 bills. My bad. Like, <laughs> his mind, he's like, I mean, like, he's laughing all the way to the bank, you know? Um, not to mention, he seems like he's very knowledgeable when it comes to investments, you know, in terms of in the stock market. 
I don't know what he's lost. Bitcoin, or all that stuff. He's into Bitcoin. He's also into all the other crypt- different types of cryptocurrencies. But I also see him picking up some other things as well. He, he actually offers some of his knowledge on Twitter as well. So if you guys are trying to figure out, you know, reach out to him. He's extremely knowledgeable. He's given a, a lot of great advice for fighters. Like, absolutely do not pay off your house. Like, you know, because the, the interest, you can use it as write-off. All of those things. Sure, pay it down so it's affordable. All those. Sure. He's giving great advice. And in my mind, I'm like, you know, I'm thinking to myself, like, I've been doing it right. <laughs> I'm not the only, you know, like, you know what I mean? But I just never go out and speak about it. And he does. He, he is, he's somebody that will share his knowledge. And a lot of fighters won't do that. You know, a lot of athletes won't do that. They're, oh, it works for me and I'll just do it my way. And, you know, but then I've seen some fighters that thought they knew it all didn't take advice and they lost a ton of money you know and now they're just they're scraping by doing whatever they can and so um it's good to see this type of stuff but this all goes back to fans need to start putting more pressure on the media about hey why aren't you guys pumping pfl this weekend you got you've got a lot of top top fighters on there you know you've got anthony pettis you've got lance palmer you know, you've got Marcin Held, you've got Chris Wade, you've got a bunch of other great uh who was the one that you wanted to see? It was a good fight. Um Coolahan? Not Coolahan. Um Oh Collard? Co- no, no, Clay Collard, but no, the other there was another one on there too that you wanted to see, I thought. No, hey, that was on the UFC. That was, was Christian the Connolly. There you go. Um, but just just a good it's an overall good card. You know what I mean? It's great for them to be back on track. The fighters now are back making money. And so there's that, and then you've got one. You've got one on tonight, you know? And so make sure you guys tune into that. It just has to do with putting the pressure, I think, on on the media as well as fans taking responsibility and saying, hey, we complain a lot or we see what these fighters are making and we can we think it's not fair. Let's start making a change. And that's just tune into everything. Let's start helping these other promotional organizations get their TV deals to help bring in more money. That brings in more money for the fighters as well. So... I don't know. I just, I know I feel like I'm just beating a dead horse with a stick, man. But not a stick. It's a metal pipe. Whatever. Keep on swinging that sucker. I'm going to keep doing it, though. Horse is getting soft. John's going to get mad probably at me here and get frustrated. No, I'm going to keep doing it because look, the bottom line to me is I was a fighter for that long. I was blessed to have made money, but I did what I did because I, I did, I was able to make money because I went where the highest paying dollar was. Not a lot of these fighters do that. I had my time in the UFC back in 2000, 2001, whatever it was. And I enjoyed it. But like Corey Anderson said, you know, UFC gave me the career. Bellator gave me the life. And that's how I felt when I joined with Scott Coker when I went to Strike Force. Scott, I don't think people understand. Scott Coker got me, he got me my two, my fights, my fights in pride. He got me my fights in dream. He put me out there to make a ton more money to other organizations. When I had no money between the UFC, um, the UFC stint at 2003 and four, whatever, and we had left until Strike Force started. He was giving me kickboxing fights in Strike Force when it was only kickboxing and paying me, you know, enough to get by. And so, like, I, I owe a lot to him, but it wasn't just that, but he found ways to make sure that I stayed busy. And so, for these guys, like you saw Darian Caldwell, we weren't fighting him in the in the in Bellator. So, what did he do? He sent Darian over to, to Japan to fight over there. Like, there's ways that he finds ways to get his fighters active and make yep. so that they can make money and that's the kind of promoter you want not someone who just puts you on the shelf because you know you're on your last fight of your contract i'm gonna let you sit for a year knowing that you're starving and then i'm gonna force you to re-sign a deal for four or five deals because i know you got to feed your family that's not the kind of boss you want and so 
as much as I enjoy watching the UFC fights, I enjoy watching the UFC fighters get after it. I'm a fan of the fighters. I'm not a yeah. fan of the, the organization. The organization. It doesn't matter the organization. It matters to me who's matter. fighting. Exactly. So I'm, I'm a fan of the fighters. And it, I think as long as we continue to remember that, I think the fighters will succeed and they'll get paid more money. That's just up to us to do it, though. Yeah. Uh, what did uh, Brett John say? He said something very similar. Yeah, it was. You know, why did you leave the UFC? I loved my time there. I really did. But Bellator has changed my life completely. Yeah, it's Hello. just, yeah. And it's not, that's not saying, that, that's, I'm not saying anything good about Bellator. I'm saying that's what you need as a fighter. You need that company that is going to help you be able to now put your life into a place where you know exactly what you're going to make. You know where, you know, that money's going to go. You're going to be able to take care of your family, do all the right things. It just took a ton of pressure off of the fighter. Yeah. So, yeah. Do you get the, I get the feeling that, I mean, look, it can go the other way as well. When fighters start making too much money, uh, and I don't, I don't think it's ever too much money, to be honest, but you do see a change. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. They don't train as much like the Conor McGregor situation. I know he's made a ton, ton of money, but yeah. you see the change in some fighters as well. They make a little bit of money. But that's a choice. Yes. That's yep. a choice. Yep. And and uh, this is what I'll tell you. Some people can handle things better than others. That's just the way of life. And sometimes when these things come and they all of a sudden they come to fruition and all of a sudden you have all these things, you have choices to make. That's now how mature are you going to make the right choices or are you going to make the choices that are now going to lead to that same type of you know, sustenance and sustainment, it's not going to be the same, yeah. you know? And so you've got to do those things to, uh, to make the right choices and do the right things to make those things continue to happen. Because when you start to think that you're better than the sport and you're better than everybody else, someone in the sport's going to make you pay. That's just the way it is. I don't yeah. care who you are people get to that level of making that type of money they lose sometimes they lose their drive there's some guys sure. it hasn't happened you know i mean like i think dustin poyer is some is a perfect example he seems even it's not hungrier, it seems hungrier now than ever yep. you know and i mean just we were at with around him at the we were just uh, talking to him and it was he, he was funnier now he's but he right now man he's in that position he wants more yeah and when, when you have a guy that's in that position and is willing to work his ass off to make it happen, now you got someone that's, he's a some bitch to beat. That is not going to be an easy thing. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's, 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 uh, the mindset, man, it's maturity. Refreshing. It's refreshing to see though. Guys like GSP, they did it for years. Yep. You know what I mean? You've had guys, you know, Anderson Silva, I think he always rose to the occasion. He did it for years as well. I mean, there's a lot of guys that have done it over the years. I look at Douglas Lima and Patricio right now. Like, what wakes you guys up and gets you guys motivated? Oh, I'll tell you what. There's something about that goddamn Patricio Pitbull. He has got something inside of him. He wants to prove to everybody, uh-uh, I'm the guy. And, you know, he keeps saying he's walking through guys now that are good fighters. And uh, he, he's got his next one against A.J. McKee. That's the big fight. That's the biggest fight that Bellator will ever have, you know, up to this point. It really is. You got, you know, you're looking at the the light heavyweight Grand Prix, and, and I think that Rumble against uh, Yoel is a, is a big fight, fun, can't wait for it. I'm looking forward to the championship fight with Pettis and Archuleta. 
that's a great fight. But that AJ McKee versus Pitbull fight, that's the one. Yep. I, I agree. In terms of in terms of hype, in terms of that's the biggest fight that Bellator has ever put on. Yeah. You have you have who I wouldn't I don't think anyone would disagree that Patricio is the goat of Bellator. He's been there the longest. I think him and Lima have been there about about the same time, I believe. But you've got him being there. He is considered to be the goat in that in that Bellator organization. Douglas Lima's number two. I think I mean, I don't know who you would have number three, maybe Musasi. Maybe. Maybe you know, AJ McKee. Maybe AJ McKee. That's true as well. I mean, he's undefeated. He's he's finishing he's starching everybody. He's getting them out of there. He's had some great fights. Yep. And to think that he's only what, 25, 26 years old, you know, he's got leaps and bounds to learn still. Um, I don't I don't know if you want to learn that against Patricio in the cage. <laughs> but <laughs> But it's it's a great fight. So AJ came out with some comments the other day and said, AJ, he's confident he'll KO Patricio to claim the featherweight title. I will be too much for him. That might be possible. I mean, oh. he, it, AJ is a big 145-pounder. Huge. Huge. I mean, I, when I saw him at the uh, at the last fight or two fights ago when we did the commentary together, he was 175. Patricio's maybe 165. Maybe. I mean, the, the size difference is just enormous. Yeah. Now, Patricio's strong. He's oh, yeah. Hard. So is AJ. So is AJ. I see. But, I mean, he's not going to be able to move Patricio, Patricio around. Patricio's a tank. But he's not going to be able to move Patricio around like like he did Darren Caldwell to put him in that, no. whatever you want to call it, the crucifix next crank, whatever it was. But, you know, he's not going to be able to do McKee that. McKee crank. Yeah, he's not going to he's not gonna be able to do things like that to him. You know? And the other thing as well is that, McKee leaves himself out of position quite a bit. Yep. If he does, we saw how fast that fight can end in that arm and guillotine with uh, Sanchez. And Sanchez is sneaky good about getting out of things. Yep. You know, he just wasn't sneaky good that night. And so he, that that was shaped up to be a big fight for Sanchez. And he, you know, and just put yourself in a situation right there where you weren't able to escape, assuming you would be able to. I could see something like that potentially happen with AJ. You know, you're dry if it happens in the first round. AJ, if you go back and watch the um, uh, Campos the, the Campos fight, he left himself. How out do I know where you're going? Because <laughs> you know, because he's he leaves himself out of position quite a bit, and he left himself out of position. Big time. He threw so much in that first round that he gassed himself out a little bit. He hurt his knee. He did a lot of things wrong. Yep. He was able to still, you know, gut it out into the third round and then get the finish. That was supposed to be a five-round fight. He was able to gut it all out. He got the finish, and they get the end of the third, right, or the end of the third. Yeah, the third. He got the finish in the third. Fought a good, fought a good fight. Just sloppy, really sloppy. Almost like tried too hard. Yep, I think that's what it was. He tried too hard to get. Since, it was like I'm going to just get rid of him fast. But since that fight, he has matured a lot mentally. From what I've seen and when I've been around him, he's matured a lot mentally. But like I said. We're watching some of his older fights with the Campos fight. He lunges in with his kicks. He lunges in with his striking. And you cannot afford to get clipped or hit by Patricio. And we've seen that in the last couple fights. And we've seen it a lot even before that. But I'm saying. I should think of this. Yeah. Everything everything with Patricio now, it's real tight. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Everything is real tight. You watch him when he throws. He's not off balance. Everything's tight. Well, the setup is this. If he doesn't beat him, 
he can go up to 55 and try to fight him for the title there as well. That's the thing. If he That's not does, a good thing. If he does beat him, he can go up to 55 and fight him for the title there again. So it's a, if you look at it, it's a win-win for him. I mean, the other thing is AJ cuts a ton of weight. You know, to get to 45 is nasty. I mean, he could be depleting himself. We could see him slow down on the fourth and fifth. Patricio tends to slow down as well, but I think if he lets AJ bounce around, you know, and do all the things that he does and just stays defensively on point as in the fourth in the later rounds, AJ's never been past the third round. You get in that fourth and fifth round, you're gonna see championship rounds come out of the champ. I don't know if you're gonna see it come out of AJ. I know he's young, he still has all the energy. He can go. But I think this is one of those times where you see, is it a reality check for the young buck? Or does he carry on to the next level and be like, Does he show that you know what? He is the thing. Yeah. We'll see. I I agree with you, though. That's the fight, though, that is going to be the biggest fight in, in Bell's oh. history as to date. There'll be to plenty date. more yeah. coming. There'll be plenty. Well, more. I mean, if you could, we could be, I'm going to be Joe Rogan, and every fight is the biggest <laughs> fight in USC history. <laughs> I love that about him. You yeah. can go back and, you know, UFC 40, biggest fight in USC history. UFC 44, biggest fight in USC history. <laughs> Big, 52, biggest fight in USC. He just kept on doing it over and over. It's like, okay. Well, eventually they get, they get bigger over time they get okay bigger. got it got it i got it i understood ufc 40 was tito and ken so yeah. i understood that that really was the biggest fight to date i would think right yeah that was the biggest fight to date eh. up until that tell me a bigger fight well i mean when you say bigger i thought the, i think the frank shamrock versus tito was bigger was now it? i think yeah as far as at the time, who Frank was undefeated, this you know the young kid coming in and stuff. Now I admit that you know forty was when the UFC it was that was the show that told me hey the sport's going to survive, yeah. UFC's going to survive. So it meant a lot, but you know I just I just remember hearing Joe say it in all these different shows. You know, I'm the biggest start, fight in UFC history. I'm going to start saying that every show. Biggest <laughs> fight in <Bellator> history. <laughs> I'm start saying it. Uh, huge, huge. That's it. This is great. Uh, what else you got? Um, so other Bellator news uh, was that nine fighters were cut from the roster. Yep. Uh, the top guy being Roger Huerta, which we pretty much saw coming. I mean, he had what three or four four fights. He lost all four of them. Um, the one 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 in, one in six. Yeah, the one that, that scared. Over, yeah, but he had fights from before. So on this on this stint though, he he got he had the one that I the one that I really am gonna miss. Is Brandon Gertz? Yeah, Brandon Gertz was fun to watch because he he just fought. He, he I don't tried. Want to see him here. Yeah, Brandon Gertz was one of the ones that was cut along with Roger Huerta. Cal Eleanor was another one. Um, Franz Malambo from uh, SBG. Uh, Richie Smolens, who actually was three and one in Bellator, you know, came out of the Ultimate Fighter. Richie's a tough young guy. Gabriel Varga, who was the kickboxing champion. You know, two-time glory, kickboxing champion stuff. Yeah. He was also cut. Really good they, guy. Did they cut him from MMA? Or are they going to still use him for kickboxing when they go to Italy and other? I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Yeah. I mean, the one that's the one that, like you said, with Gertz, I'm surprised because, you know, we've got a lot of highlights of him just throwing down. That's yep. one. Two. And then for me, the other one was uh, Cal Eleanor because he really didn't get an opportunity. He had two fights. He had the yeah. one to beat. Uh uh nathan grayson and then he had this one 
You know, there was that buildup, that long time of him going through all that medical stuff as well as, you know, the first time I think Gallagher got hurt. Then the second time he ended up with the the medical stuff and then they finally got it all figured out. And then it was just a bad performance, you know, on his part against James Gallagher. Actually, a good performance by James Gallagher. I was going to say, actually, it was just James. Either way. Doing well. But um, but you know, I can I can um I can kind of go through it all. I mean, Richie Smolin's really tough fighter. I've called his fights, fun to watch. But I think when you're getting to a grinder, yes. But when you're getting to where you want to have fighters and fights that you know you can build on, yeah. You know what I mean? And that's kind of I think where you're at. Like we have a a the ball is rolling forward now, and there's there's well, I, coming. I think the the big difference is Bellator has decided, hey. We're going after the meanest, baddest dudes there are, and we want guys that they're willing to fight anybody, and yeah, we wanted the best against the best, and that's that's what you're supposed to do. Good stuff. All right. Well, I mean, what's next? Nature. Come on, Dave. <laughs> um, Dana White confirms that if Usman defeats Masvidal, Colby will be next. Why only if he defeats Masvidal? What if Masvidal wins? I would actually like to see Colby against Masvidal with all the the crap behind it and everything that's happened. Come on. Yeah, it's weird that he would say that. Yeah. Oh, Oh, now I got to drink again. Oh, man. Are you drinking every time I yawn? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So unprofessional. No. Yeah, it's only only a second ago. Right, but I'm No, into the mic, though. I could hear you through the mic. Yes, I'm going to go back. (sighs) Oh. Um, yeah, I would. I would like to see the Masvidal fight too. I mean, I hell think- yes! With all the crap that has happened between those two, I would almost rather see that fight. Yeah. Well, it does say further down in the article. Um, he confirmed that Kobe will face the winner of the two sixty one. Okay, meet. that's the winner. That's fine. So that's good. The headline. That's is- not. The headline says Dana White confirms that if Kamaru Usman defeats George Masvidal at 261, a rematch with Colby is next. That's not what the body of the story. And amazing that a website would put up a bullshit headline. Come, Come on, on BJPen.com. guys got to do us better than that. Damn it. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Is that BJPen? I'm sorry, BJPen. Yeah. I like you guys. You don't do it that often. He's my me. boy, though. He's I get boy. those all the time. Um. Yeah, I want to see the winner. I want to see him fight the winner. Doesn't matter yeah. who it is. I want to see him yep. fight the winner. Either way, it's a good fight for. Either me. way, I want to, that's the fight I'd like to see. That's a, I hope Colby gets the next uh, next title. All right, UFC President Dana White says rematch with Derek Lewis is probably next for Francis. Oh God, please <laughs> no. Yes, it's gonna happen. Okay, but th- stop. I want you to think stop, about this. Stop stuttering, John. Speak. All right. This is the same thing when you're when people are mad when you were saying that Whitaker, if he beat Gaslam, you don't see him getting the next title shot against Izzy. Right? And I said, Well, you know, they could what people need to understand is the reason Josh is saying that is because business wise, the first match was so one-sided really when you look at what happened in it um, that it's hard to sell that again. So you got to come up with a storyline that makes it work that you can, you can sell to people and make them want to watch that fight. Now diehards, all you guys listening to us. Yeah, we know you would like to see that fight, 
And I would like to see that fight. But you got to figure the diehards, us, we're about 20% of the people watching MMA that pay, you know, especially like for the UFCs, you know, pay-per-views and things like that. You know, 20% if that. So it's 80 to 85 to 90% that are the casuals that they've got to come up with these storylines that make that casual go, oh, I'll put money out to watch that fight when they don't watch all of the fight nights and everything that are free all the time, but they'll they'll pay for that big fight they think is going to be special. So this is the same thing. <laughs> this is like, well, you better not show any of the first fight. Because no highlights. It was, it was so bad. I got two guys with big power, and they were so afraid of of doing something, the other guy would land a shot. Neither one did anything. It was horrible. And so this is one of those ones. I, you know, John Jones, where are you? <laughs> Just telling you. I want John, 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 please. John, please do me a favor. I will never say a bad word about you. John, just just do me a favor. Don't let this fight happen. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I want to see the fight, but I just I don't want to see the fight. <laughs> I want to, no. and I and I love Derek I Lewis, and I love Francis Ngannou. It's not that; it's just that when I the first I was expecting, and it's always you know you you schlep rock the fight. You go, oh, someone's going to sleep in this one, and boy, I, they were right. It was me because I <laughs> fell asleep watching it. It was that bad. You could say the same thing about. Remember how Dana was like, oh, Paula Costa and Izzy's going to be this, this, and this. It wasn't that. It was one-sided. It was, you know. It was yeah, the- but at least it was one-sided, and it was a beautiful performance by somebody. Well, one person drank too much wine the night before, apparently. <laughs> Whatever. But, I mean, you know. Dude, I, I, got some, I got some fucking beachfront property in fucking Nebraska for you, too. <laughs> <That's a great laughs> um, I, look, I, I like the idea of this fight as long as it, they fight. If that's the case. Yeah, if they fight, it would be great. Great fight. Um, I, I just think both of them are afraid of each other's power and they both know yeah. they do. So that's the reality. Comes from and could you imagine that being for five rounds instead of three? Jesus. If it happened the same way, oh man, you know, look at if they, if they both go after it, it'll be fun. It really will. But man, I'm, I'm scared after that first one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, Derek's been hurt though. I've seen Derek hurt. Volkov hurt him. Somebody else hurt him. Uh, did DC hurt him or did DC just, eh, he really hurt. you know who Jack may hurt him in their first fight. It was the first fight that, uh, Derek had, I think Jack, I think Jack may was Derek. I did the fight. Yeah. I think that was the, his first fight in the UFC might've been his second, but Jack may hurt him. You know, then he went, then he went and he hurt Jack may back. But so it says Eddie Alvarez possible says a real possibility for him to fight Oscar De La Hoya. And, eh. All right, John. Next question. Not happening. Just telling you right now. John, you can't say that without. Okay. I can say that because I'm being honest to everyone and not letting them get into this position where they think that Eddie Alvarez is going to fight Oscar De La Hoya. It ain't happening. John, you need to tell me why you know this. No, I don't. <laughs> John. I <really> don't. John. <laughs> oh. I can't do it right gonna now. Do, you know what? I can't believe we have. Almost a hundred thousand subscribers that follow. Almost hundred. So if we get to a hundred thousand, maybe I'll tell them who Oscar De La Hoya Ooh. is going to be fighting. Oh, there you go. We're there by Saturday, they're going to hold you to that. Boom. <laughs> they're going to hold you to that. 
and by then you still won't be able to tell us. <laughs> I will. Maybe, maybe I'll just uh, lie, lie to somebody that uh, I told. Okay, I won't say it. I won't tell them. Oh man! <laughs> All right, Dave. What else you got? Uh, that's it. Um, Felipe Gutierrez does want to know from John uh, how many subscribers it will take for John to release the photo of him in the short shorts. Yes. You know, we get up to a million. It's on. <laughs> what? <laughs> A million? A million yeah. subscribers. What's that? That's nothing. John. Come on. I, I need this. Jake I, Paul has a million, more I, than a million. I, Logan I, Paul has more than a million. And we're way, well, we're not better looking than them. Oh, no, you're not. I, They're younger. You're old. Doesn't mean Just that I'm be not honest. better looking than them. I'm for sure better looking than them. <laughs> <laughs> Logan's better looking than poodle-haired kid. Oh, yeah. They're both still poodle-haired kids. The, the, the old, no, he's got the, uh, the like, the... The the Justin Bieber thing, thing, forward yeah. thing. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that, that is. That is definitely a new style. One that I would. Yeah, I have some with. kids that train with me in jiu-jitsu and they wear that shit. I'm like, what are you doing, man? I thought <laughs> like your parents. I'm like, cut your hair. Crazy. <laughs> absolutely crazy. Uh, All right. Well, hey guys, we're gonna wrap this up. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed this show. Uh, get ready. This week is gonna be a big. Uh, a lot of good fights a lot of good fights yeah starting tonight so to make sure you guys don't miss the one fc and then on friday you guys have the pfl and then on saturday you guys have the ufc and then we will be breaking down um some more fights next week but on saturday night though yeah i cannot wait a lot of big ones coming up baby a lot of big ones yeah a lot to talk about but make sure you guys hit that thumbs up hit that little button off to the bottom right hand corner and hit the subscribe button we don't say that enough but we need to remind you guys, hit the subscribe button, share our videos out to everybody. We ask Yeah, you want to know who Oscar De La Hoya is going to be fighting? Never mind. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, psych, psych your mind. Psych. Um, hopefully you guys enjoyed this show. And John, what else you got here, buddy? Go to ProWrestlingTees.com. Buy one of our fantastic t-shirts that is out there. And if you use the promo code and still, you'll get 20% off on one of those fantastic looking shirts. Just like the one I am wearing right now because it is a good looking shirt. So everyone out there, we want to thank you for listening to us. Tune in to us on Sunday because we will be talking about all the fights after we have watched them. And we will see you later. Bye.